Hey there, welcome into the Pod Squad Podcast, where four normal, everyday guys talk about sports, news, and random stuff. We're extremely excited you are here for our first official episode. I'm Chris, and I'm joined by three of my best friends and the other hosts of the show, Mason, Tinsley, and Zach. So today on the podcast, we are starting out with Out of Left Field with Mason, talking about a bunch of random lists and things like that. Press releases next, we talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows. Then we have Fantasy Fix, College Football with Zach and Chris. Uh, We are going to be doing Betting on a Budget with Mason, and we are ending our show today with a very special surprise. Mason gives us a very literal hot take. Here's the episode. All right, we're going to start a segment out out of left field with Mason. Uh, First, we're going to do some rankings of random things, and we're going to talk about my rankings on soda. So, uh, first of all, I want to go around the room and ask everybody, because this is a thing that I always hear, uh, what do you call soda? Do you call it pop or do you call it Coke? Some people, if it's a Mountain Dew or a Sprite or anything, they still call it Coke, which I, I think is bizarre. So, I'm going to go around the room and see what, uh, what people call soda, if they just call it soda, or if they know somebody that calls it another word besides soda. So, what do you think about that, Chris? Um, so, I definitely call it soda. You call it anything else, you're weird. (laughs) No, uh, I think like one of my best friends, actually one of uh, my best men in my wedding, Keenan, shout out in Ohio. I think he calls it pop, which is super weird for me. It's a northern thing. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Working in food for so long, I had a lot of older people that would come through and you know ask, "What kind of Coke do you have?" And I thought they just meant like Coke or Diet Coke, but they mean all kinds of sodas like Dr Pepper, Mountain Dew, all of it. They they just call it Coke. So, but me personally, I just call it whatever it is. But we know which one's superior. It's soda. Right. Everybody knows what soda means. Yeah. Zach, you know somebody? I definitely, I definitely, I I definitely just say soda. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody. I mean, if you're like way up north, you sometimes hear like a pop or something like that, but. The people I know, I don't know anybody or, that says anything. Or older, older people, they'll, they call it pop as well. I've heard, I've heard of that as I'm, well. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to start off with my top five sodas. Uh, before I get started on that, I want to go ahead and go around the room and ask everybody what my number one is. These are my best friends. They all know me very well. I want to see how well they know me. So we're going to see what my number one soda is. What do you think, Chris? I don't know. Mountain Dew? <laughs> All right, good, good, good guess there. Just plain old Mountain Dew, straight up Mountain Dew. I, I know he likes Voltage Mountain Dew, but actually, Ooh, no, you like Code Red. Uh, well, no, <laughs> can't have the Code Red. Can't have Code Red. I'm allergic to red food dye. For anybody that doesn't know, but uh, what do you think, Tins? Uh, I think, I think your favorite Sprite. Okay, no, number one sprite. on there. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I am going with Baja Blast. Uh, I know that. Mason has a love for Taco, oh, for Taco Bell, and so I think Baja Blast is where I'm going. Who doesn't? That, is also, that was a good guess. That's a good guess. All right, well, I'm going to start out my, my ranking here. For my number five soda, it is Orange Vanilla Coke. If you haven't had one, oh, you need one. Hot topic to start off the day. It is good. I love it. You haven't lived till you had an Orange Vanilla Coke. <laughs> you haven't <Wow>. lived. <laughs> number four. I've never had one, but I want one. Now. Well, you'll have to go to a gas station right when we get done with this podcast and get you an orange vanilla cup. Number four, Dr. Pepper. Straight up Dr. Pepper. 
my go-to. Always like it. Number mm-hmm. three, Sprite. So, oh, oh, you're wrong, Tins. Get out of here. You suck. Oh, Tins. Number two. Ooh, this one. I want one now. Ice cold <laughs> Coke in a glass bottle. Ooh, it makes oh. it even better that it's in a glass bottle. That's Ice true. cold. I agree with that. Like a Fantastic. Coke or like soda or no? Like, are this you is an actual Coke. Coke. Okay. This, yep. This is actual Coke. Okay. Just making sure. Zach, any thoughts on that one? Number two. Uh, I feel medium about it. Mm, have you had one? <laughs> well, yeah, I've had one. I, I don't know. It doesn't stand, stand apart that significantly from regular Coke. And regular Coke just hits pretty low on my rankings, probably. So. Oh wow. Okay. Nah. And number one. Can I get a drum roll, please, Chris, for my number one? It's going to be Baja Blast. Uh, wow. Come on. So Zach was right. Anytime I, I go to Taco Bell, Taco I got to get a Baja I Blast. I knew it. I mean, yeah, is there any other drinks at, ba- I mean, at Taco Bell other than Baja Blast? There <sighs> isn't. If you go there and you get something besides a Baja Blast, that is true. Wrong. That is true. That is true. I, honestly, when Zach said that, it made me want to go get one. Maybe we should go talk about after this. All right, All right let's bet. do it. What do I win? What do I win, Mason? You win a Baja Blast, Zach. <laughs> so come to Cookville, yeah. get you a Baja Blast. All right, well, that finishes up my right, segment for Out of Left Field. All right, guys. So our friend Mason over here is known for being really good at talking. So this next segment is just a little bit of fun where we give Mason a word and he tries to say it. All right, let's get started. So I actually have never seen this word before right. in my life. So, so this, this is, is my word one. to Mason. All right, I'm just going to spout it out here. Cacophony. 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 All right, what do you think that means? It sounds like a biology term. Maybe like uh, another word for an animal's intestine or something. Oh, I didn't know where you're going there. <laughs> um, that's a good guess. That's a good Thank guess. You. Thank you. Uh, but it's actually, I thought this was very fitting, a mismatch of unpleasant sounds, often at loud vo- volume. It's oh. what you'd hear if you gave instruments to a group of four-year-olds and asked them to play one of Beethoven's symphonies. So that's me when I talk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait. Exactly. First off, Chris, can you actually pronounce the word? Yep. Cacophony. <laughs> and my number two word that I'm going to be pronouncing right now. Here we go. Oh, onomatopoeia. Oh, onomatopoeia. What does that mean? Uh, isn't that an English term? For like, yes. uh, like bang or pop or zoom? It is. Good word. Oh, let's go. Eighth grade English. Let's go. I, I, got, I, I think I got to be in eighth grade English. So, All right. Good deal. All right. Killing it. And and that's, that is Words with Mason. Hope you enjoyed that. All right. That word is a fitting transition into our next segment. Uh, we are talking all things. Uh, this is press release talking all things movies, TV shows, video games, whatever pop culture is out at the time. And today we are talking um, movies, which we haven't had in a while, right? We are... Uh, months and months into the theater shutdown and we have all of a sudden a ton of movie news and things coming out uh most notably this week um dc had their uh had their fandom and they released a bunch of new trailers uh the biggest one coming out was the batman trailer 
Uh, if you have not seen it yet, you probably should. Uh, it was pretty incredible. Uh, there are a ton of new villains in it that we are going to talk about, and it looks actually uh, pretty cool. Um, I know there was a lot of skepticism around the Robert Pattinson uh, casting in the movie. Um, I think a lot of people still had a lot of PTSD coming back from his Twilight days and some of his other roles. Uh, but I think uh, for me and for a lot of people I've talked to, uh, this trailer kind of confirmed to me that Robert Pattinson might have the chops to, uh, to pull this off. Uh, let's talk villains really fast. We have uh, The Riddler Ooh. by Paul Dano. Uh, Penguin Colin Farrell, who, by the way, absolutely does not look anything like himself in the trailer. He looks who pretty scary. Uh, Catwoman, what, Colin is that Farrell? Will Farrell's brother? Uh, uh, yes. Brother. It actually is Will Farrell's alter ego. Jackie Moon. He would actually play a pretty good Penguin, probably. <laughs> uh, we do have Catwoman and uh, Carmine Falcone. We know there's going to be a couple other villains in here. Uh, it's pretty stacked, honestly. Uh, you guys have seen the trailer. Uh, what do you guys think about it? So my initial reaction was I thought it was pretty dark compared to other Batmans we're used to. Um, the Dark Knight and some of the others that we've watched. But just right off the bat, you're talking about this guy. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but this guy's like duct tape face and with blood or marker red marker or whatever on the duct tape so it just like right off the bat it's just showing it's a different it's a different feel than your traditional batman anybody else get that i mean it's definitely dark but i have a hot take i don't really care for dc that much is that a hot is that a hot take or not like you hate all of DC. I don't hate all of DC. Don't get me wrong. Like Batman is probably the only thing that I watch. Well, are we comparing but, it to Marvel? Or are we just no, saying in general? We're in general. Uh, in general, like I think their movies are kind of cheesy. Okay. Except I, for except for the ba- the Batman's are next level. I'm a but, huge Marvel fan, so I'd make the comparison well, even though I shouldn't. But the, I did like Aquaman and some of the others. But. Aquaman was alright. Yeah, Aquaman was okay. The DC, like you can't add that. Like Batman, this is its own. Trilogy. It's not the same ones yeah. as Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale. Like yeah, that's not. It's not. It's not in the DC universe. So, I mean, technically, DC didn't make those films, but DC does try to be a little bit more dark compared okay. to Marvel. I did not know um, that. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I th- I think it's it gives more like of a true like Batman feel to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie. Um, I love the casting of Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I just really like him as an actor, and I think he's going to do really well playing a villain role. And I, you don't really ever see Penguin um, cast or anything really do with him in the movie so far, so I think it'll be an interesting take. Adding some villains we've never really seen in the Batman universe. We've always you know, kind of gotten Joker and Bane. Uh, Joker's always in all of them, but it'd be nice to see some other villains oh, for a change. Oh, I know who that Colin Farrell is. I, yeah. I recognize him now. Well... Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess another question then um, to follow up with that is: Does the world need another Batman movie? Ooh, good question. We just saw the Joker come out recently. We had the whole Dark Knight trilogy come out. We saw Batman versus Superman. We saw the Justice League. We have this whole world, like multiple Batman worlds that have already been created. Like, what makes what makes this one stand out? Why why do we need this one? Martha. <laughs> okay obviously we have the justice league batman versus superman batman was 
maybe not the not the greatest maybe in most of our opinions probably (laughs) no here's what i don't know why they keep playing the same one like they keep playing the same batman where he they show him as a kid they show his parents get shot they always restart it if they were to build on the on on batman i would understand it but i feel like they never uh advance the plot well, I think that that's why Christopher sense. Nolan's trilogy what? did so well because there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. It shows Christian Bale's character outside of Batman at the end. He's living a you know a normal life. Um, you're right. Every time DC's tried to do Batman, it's like reset. You know, Ben Affleck did what two movies maybe, and we're already getting a whole new Batman with a whole new storyline. This Batman is it's in the second year of being the Batman, so he's kind of gritty. He's kind of an angry Batman, uh, more of a detective kind of style uh movie supposedly uh i don't know I, I think it will be different but there is a time when i think that the world will no longer watch batman movies do i Ooh. think it's now no because i want to watch this movie i would like to go see this movie Ooh, right now hot. but i do think there will be a time when the world does not want to go see batman movies anymore. i don't know about that but i do know that like it gets old having to see the same thing over and over again but i believe i'm a believer in uh, Robert Pattinson and as a Batman, I think it'll be interesting. We just didn't see much Edward. of him in the trailer uh, when it came to. I wanted like wanted a little bit more. You got like well, what no, three they, words out of him well, or something? That's what they wanted. They wanted to keep you. Yeah, more. that's what I'm saying. I, I'm curious. Like that's they drawed me in, and I'm like, I wonder how he's gonna do like continuously because we got a couple words. Well, he has. Yeah, he has the muscle car Batmobile. He has kind of the the rugged suit, like with the metal on it and stuff. I mean, it's pretty I'm cool. Too excited over there. It looks <laughs> cool. I I would go watch it. I'm excited about it. How many um, times have you seen the trailer, Zach? Uh, too many. Too many times. Plus or minus ten. Uh, We're putting our money down right now on the table. Minus, but it's in. It's up there. Uh, so you're talking... gonna watch it again tonight, and it will be number <laughs> I might. ten. That's what you're telling me. A couple times. Uh, hey, I heard so, if you watched it ten times, you pretty much watched the movie. <laughs> How was That's the movie, true. Zach? It was, was great, good? high quality, no spoilers. Uh, going, talking about Robert Pattinson. Uh, yes, he is in the Batman. Uh, in the more near future, uh, this Thursday, uh, Tenet is coming out into theaters nationwide. Uh. Most theaters have been open for about a week already, but this is kind of the first big release to open theaters back up. Uh, Robert Pattinson is starring in this movie by Christopher Nolan, which we know has been, it was supposed to come out way earlier this year. Uh, It's been pushed back like two times. Uh, They're finally opening back up. Um, My question is, uh, do we think it's a good idea to to pull this movie out now? Do we think it's going to make its money? Do we think it's going to be a success right now where most theaters will not be opening at full capacity? Uh, well, I'm going to go watch it. So I can only go off of what it's, I it's say. done well. Um, like nation, I'm not sorry, uh, worldwide in the box office so far. But Has it even opened? Yeah, it opened this weekend. Uh, worldwide. It's gotten an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty legit. But I see what you're saying, Zach. I mean, it's, it's a big budget film. Um, you don't know that you're going to be able to make all your money back with theaters probably being limited with, with letting people in. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad that they finally released it. I've been really excited to go see it. So it kind of gives you something to go do and take your mind off of this pandemic 
So here's my question. What other competition is there going to be? Because there's going to be people that are going to go to the movies just to go to the movies because they haven't got to go yeah. to the movies since March or February. And so I guess like if they're like, hey, let's go. I don't care what what's going on. And I, this is a new upcoming movie. Like, I think it will go pretty good. But if there's like, I don't know what other movies are being released this week. Uh, what's what other competition they have. I, I'm not sure if you guys know that or not, but I guess that would be my answer. So I do, I do know some of these things, Mason. Um, a movie named Unhinged actually came out last week. It was really the first movie back after uh, after theaters opened back up. It's Russell Crowe. It's honestly kind of like a low budget kind of action movie, like an action um, slasher I'll, thriller. It looked interesting, but yeah, it've been a really um, good Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah, it would have, and I think it opened up. It just jumped into the slot of being like first movie back. Uh the new mutants is also out. Uh it is like the younger X-Men movie. Yeah, I have not heard good things about uh, it. Uh it's out. Um it has had pretty poor reviews. Uh it's got a really young and talented cast. I've heard it's like they're trying to make a like something in between a horror movie and like Stranger Things and a X-Men movie and it just kind of got weird and uh, I don't know who's going to watch that. Probably not me. Uh, so not a ton of... Competition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's not a ton of competition right now. So with the, that answer, I, I guess like what I would say with the tenant would just crush it then because it doesn't seem like there's much competition. Even with lower capacity, I think they'll, they'll do pretty good. So, Well, the one, other, the one other thing that is coming out this Thursday, and it's kind of the last discussion point here, is... Um, Mulan is getting released uh, on Disney Plus this this weekend too, uh, to like VOD. So you can pay an extra thirty dollars to to watch Mulan as many times as you want to, the new Mulan movie on Disney Plus. Uh, would you pay thirty dollars nope. to watch Mulan on VOD? Nope, 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 nope. So nope, nope, I've actually, nope. yeah, I'm definitely gonna just wait until it gets out on DVD. And pay you know $20. why? You know why? Had it been another movie, maybe. But Mulan was one of my favorite Disney movies, and they took out Mushu. I know, Tins, you don't care about Mushu. You said you've hated him forever now. Oh, I do not hate Mushu. You I said Mushu was the worst character the in the show. The only guy on planet Earth to hate Mushu. No, the question was, is do I think Mushu is the best character in Mulan? And I just said no. I might be wrong going back and forth. You are so wrong. who is the best it's character? Hilarious. Who's the best character? I like the big guy. No! No. But going back and watching it again, I don't know, the crickets up there. The big oh guy. My, dude, you're just you're just trying to be a hot take artist. If you're a <laughs> hot take artist. We're gonna watch Mushu right after this podcast. But Mushu, everybody. I don't know. He's it might be one A and one B with him and the cricket. Oh my the well, uh, cricket. Well, uh Zach, what do you think about the fact that there is no Mushu? I'm the great stone dragon. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about Mushu. Um I have no opinions. Um I would probably not pay to watch this. Uh, I'm really curious to see what the numbers look like. Uh, I know this was a pretty big budget movie, and they're probably going to lose money unless they absolutely just sell a ton of these copies on on VOD, which could happen. I mean, by the time if you have a couple, if you have a couple kids, that's worth thirty dollars. But here's the thing, though, is like, yeah, I guess I get that, but like we have a friend group, and if we if we all had like multiple kids. Like I would, re- I would just say, like, hey, here's like ten dollars. I'm gonna bring my kids over to your house, and we'll have a movie night. 
I would I would rather do that than pay thirty dollars. It's similar to like a pay per view if you're gonna watch a boxing match. Yeah. You want a lot of people to it come is. over, and they attend a hundred dollars for a boxing match isn't as much because everybody's like splitting it. So I guess if I had enough people to go in with me, but if it's just me and one other person to spend thirty dollars to watch something, uh, no matter what it, unless it's something I'm just like, like Kenzie and I are not gonna it. buy that to watch Mm-mm. unless she the makes thing is you already well I just I just. I don't see a reality where Mulan doesn't lose a ton of money for Disney. I just, I can't, I can't imagine a situation where they sell a couple hundred million dollars worth of these video on demand. So Zach, if you were in their spot, would you push it off till 2021? How far can they push this off until they actually release it in theaters? I mean, that's the question. Winter. They have to have a business model where they think it's worth it. I just, I'm having a hard time seeing where I feel like Christmas is like a hot money. commodity. Why are more movies not being pushed off till around that time? I mean, maybe they just need the money, and they have, they're sitting on the movie. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to boost Disney Plus sales, and they're trying to get subscriptions and trying to boost that platform because, honestly, it does need a boost because, for me, I, t- I find myself turning towards Netflix way more than I would ever turn to Disney Plus, but that's just me. What I can see probably happening is they just release it through Disney Plus, and then they still release it in theater. So it's like a it's a 1A and 1B type situation. If you wanted to go ahead and jump on the gun and be one of the first people to see it, you pay $30. If not, you wait until Christmas or next year, and you can still see it in the theater. Because I, th- I still think they'll put it in the theater for sure. There's going to be people waiting, and then they're going to go see it. I think the model is going to be right. I've heard right now that a lot of the VOD model is going to be it's going to be shown in theaters for like 90 days and then it'll go to VOD. So that's, I, I think that's kind of the model they're settling on uh, for the future. I don't know if Mulan will ever be in theaters. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about just really quick as we wrap up this segment. Uh, this week, we uh, lost a pretty big figure in Hollywood, Chadwick Boseman, to cancer. Uh, crazy out of nowhere thing. Uh he was one of our favorite characters in the Black Panther movie is where we know him best for uh, super Chichala. crazy talented actor uh, and it's super sad uh, I, I just I thought back to um, Chris's uh, Chris's wedding when uh, Tinsley and Chris did the Wakanda forever salute as Chris was getting married and I thought about how widespread that this uh that his influence has and his legacy is going to be and his his uh, voice for for young black people and i think he's going to be really missed in the hollywood community super sad so there's a there was a movie that uh got overlooked that i actually didn't see because i'm you guys know i'm not a big movie watcher but it was 21 bridges and he was in that movie did any, has anybody seen that one that's probably going to be on my list now of movies to watch uh, he's he's got a lot of great movies and just you know played a lot of like super influential I, roles a, in social media. He did a, a Jackie Robinson movie forty two. Yeah, that was a really good movie. Yeah, that was a really good movie. He did really good, but apparently like he's had colon cancer for a while and like he was acting through that pain since so, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so about four years. Yeah. yeah, so I mean that's you know mad respect, rip his uh. On his on his official Twitter account, they posted like the the post where they talked about him passing away and kind of his legacy, and it's now officially the most liked tweet ever on the Twitter platform. And so I think that just goes to show uh, what his legacy is going to be, uh, even though his 
his career was pretty short. Uh, maybe in comparison to others, I think he's going to leave a huge legacy. So. All right. It is t- that time of the week, the best time of the week, where we discuss college football. So college football is coming up. Uh, I believe the first SEC game is here towards the end of September. So uh, what we were going to do is we're going to talk about, we're going to go through a few different teams' schedules up until the first week of the uh, SEC kickoff. So we're gonna today we're gonna cover three different teams and we're gonna go game by game and we're gonna go through their predictions. So Zach, um, the first team that we're gonna cover, uh, and of course the best team ever, uh, Tennessee. So Zach, <laughs> can you give us? Uh, let's look at their schedule real quick, Zach. All right. Um, so they're starting off playing South Carolina. Uh, as you know, we beat South Carolina last year. What's your thoughts on this game, Zach, going into the 2020 season? It's so hard to tell when you you just don't have a ton of news from practices. And uh, you I don't know. We don't have like an orange and white game and things like that. Uh, it is at South Carolina. I mean, I think that's going to swing. Uh, that's, that is a big swing, even if its stadium's not full. But uh, I do see Tennessee. I think this is a pretty good pull, honestly, compared to what it could have been in the first game of the season. Uh, I think Tennessee wins this one. Yeah, I have Tennessee winning as well. Um, I think that, honestly, it's hard to get in any, like you said, it's hard to get any hype right now. Uh, it's just so different. Uh, honestly, I've been trying not to hype myself up because I was afraid that COVID was going to close everything down. So I've been trying not yeah. to over get too excited. Sure. But yeah, I have Tennessee winning in this one. And I'll actually segue into week two. I have... Uh, then I have Tennessee beating Mizzou. Yeah. Um, I know we beat them last year too. It was kind of a close game. Um, but I think that Tennessee this year, I think with Garantano, he did not do that great last year. I, I understand it. But the the guy has heart. And I think that in the second year under Jim Chaney, I think that he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to take the next step at least. Um, do I think he's going to be, Draftable. I still don't think he's going to be draftable, but I think he's going to be very serviceable as a starting SEC quarterback. What do you have I, in that game? I agree. I think Tennessee wins here. Um, I don't know. I I just I feel I always feel like we go into this Missouri game, and it's always a weird one. It's hard to predict. I I just, but I do think we take this one in Neyland. Um, I do think our offensive line is good enough to handle business. Uh, I take Tennessee here. And if we do end up going 2-0 at the beginning of this season, I think that's a good start, honestly. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you look at our opening five, I mean, I mean, obviously, this year, all SEC teams, there's no cupcake games, really. I mean... Uh, I mean, Vandy, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's towards the end of the schedule. Um, but there's nothing to really get your feet wet in the water. You kind of jump right in and you're nope. playing South Carolina. Um, that's true for everybody, though. I mean, that's true for both teams, except for Georgia. Neither, neither I mean, team. they play Arkansas week one. That's kind of a joke, but it's true. Um, but back to your point, I mean, I definitely see 
Um, I can see us starting off 2-0. and The worst case scenario is we lose those first two games like we did last year and go into week three Ooh. where we played Georgia. And so um, I don't <laughs> see us beating Georgia anytime soon. No. Uh, I don't think it's – yeah. I, I just don't see it, unfortunately. Um, so I have us losing in week three to Georgia. I think that they're going to beat us. It's not going to be a real competition, but I think we're going to play them closer than we have been in the past couple of years. I think it'll be – I think I could see it being like 35 to like 21 maybe. I could see it as that. I think I could see it being like 35 to like 21 maybe. I could see it as that, but I don't I still don't know if we could even score 21 on Georgia's defense. We scored what? 3 points last year. The only thing that could tip the scale, I mean, if we were if I was going to say anything could be even moderately competitive is if is if Garantano came out like absolutely a different quarterback than I saw last year with like a lot of poise. Um I I just don't see a reality where that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know our wider, I know our wide receivers, especially our young wide receivers, are being hyped up pretty big right now. I know that they're they're supposedly we got some really really good guys coming in. I just I can't I don't see it. I don't see our offense putting up that kind of points to match George. I don't either, and I think I think Jim Cheney's a great offensive mind, but you also have to realize, um, listeners out there, uh, that Georgia has put back-to-back-to-back top-five classes. Um, And they've always been good at recruiting. Um, But you've heard it here first that Georgia is cheating. Somehow, some way, they are paying those players because who would want to go work for Kirby Smart uh, or play under Kirby Smart? The guy is a joke. He keeps running off five-star quarterbacks. Um, You're probably... It's true. It's true. I'll take alert, everybody. So anyways, but I do have them losing to Georgia. And here's where it gets interesting, Zach. Um, so they go from Georgia. I, I have them winning the mm. first two games. I have them losing to Georgia. But I have them losing th- the next three games, including Georgia. So I have them losing to Georgia, Kentucky, and Alabama. I think that Kentucky's looking really good this year. And we'll, we'll have their season game-by-game uh, game predictions at a later episode. But... I think Kentucky's going to be good this year. I think also they're, it's sandwiched between Georgia and Alabama, which is probably the worst place to be. Um, I mean, we played them close last year. Yeah. We literally won by holding them off on the one-yard line, similar to my Titans, you know, <laughs> rip. But, no, um, I think that – I think I have them. I have UT losing those three games to Georgia, uh, Kentucky, and I, Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised if we won Kentucky. I'd be surprised a little bit if you switch. Yeah, if you switched, if mm-hmm. you switched it, where it maybe if Kentucky was somewhere different in the schedule, I could see us yeah. winning. It, the probability being higher, but right between Georgia and Alabama, that's tough. That's that's the what thing. I, and you hate to say it, but I mean, with this front end of the schedule, like. There's a real chance of us being one and four going into the back half of the schedule. Which I mean, nobody nobody wants to say that, but I mean there's a legitimate chance of us being one and four going into the back half. There's a legitimate chance of us going oh and five. I mean, I know we don't want to say that, but that's that's with a legitimate a, <laughs> chance with Tennessee. I mean it Tennessee is, uh, you never know. Yep. 
I mean, that would be absolutely terrible, but I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I don't ever want to, I never want to say like, this is our year because every time we say that, which is every year ended up being not what we thought. Um, so, all right. So then we, we close out week, uh, five, uh, going into the bye week to the open week. And then we come back on November 7th and we open up our last half of the season against Arkansas. Zach, what do you have, uh, in these next couple of games here, Arkansas has to. That's a must win. Um, that if you're if you're wanting to compete for not being last place, that's a must win. Uh, I think there's no scenario we can come off a bye week after possibly just playing a bunch of tough teams and come and play Arkansas and lose that game. I think you have to win it. Um, the next two are interesting. Uh, A and M and Auburn. <laughs> Man, the schedule is horrible. Uh. I mean, I don't know. I truly think those those could potentially be like flip a coin type games, especially A and M. I don't know what A and M's get, what A and M's record's gonna look like by then. I think I think we could have a shot at it. I think I think we could. I don't know, Chris. What do you think about that game, A and M? So here's what I have. I have us beating Arkansas. Um, I just don't think that they're going to have the talent for another couple of years. I think Sam Pittman's a good coach, but I don't think that they're going to have the talent for another couple of years. So I have us beating Arkansas. And then here's where I, it gets a little bit more optimistic from my point of view. I think that Jeremy Pruitt is a closing type of coach. I think he's going to, I think in his tenure, he's going to be the type of coach that closes better than he opens. Um, and I think that what he's going to do, I think he's actually going to win out the season until we play Florida on December 5th. So I have him beating uh, Arkansas, A&M, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I kind of, here's my only take on this, is that out of the Auburn, the A&M, and Kentucky, I see a two-and-one swing. So I think Tennessee will win two of these games but we'll lose one. I think that that's my prediction mm. um, out of that stretch. And then obviously to end the season, I do not see us beating Florida. Unfortunately, I absolutely hate the Gators, but I just, for whatever reason, it's, there's, it's, there's a huge mental hump that we can never get past. All right. Give me, I, I agree with you on some things. I, I think A&M, I think we could win that one. I, I'll count that a W. Uh, Auburn, Auburn is a tougher one, I think, especially at Auburn. Um, I have a hard time saying we're going to win that one. Uh, hot take alert though. I think, I think that Florida game could be a trap game for the Gators. I think they could, they could potentially, depending on how some other things go, be playing for the SEC championship spot. Um, hot take. I think Tennessee takes that one in Neyland stadium, December 5th. So still ending. Still ending at six and four, losing to Auburn. Dude, I hope you're right. You convinced me. We're going to beat Florida. Put it in the books. Screw you, Florida. <laughs> I hate you. So I also I also have six and four. Uh, as far I have six and four for the overall record. Let's move on to Vanderbilt, and this is going to be a really quick one, Zach. Um, <laughs> basically, because. Um, yeah, there's no point in going over their schedule because they play all SEC teams and they're not worthy of going over it because they're going to lose every single game this year. Um, so fun fact about Vanderbilt, though, before just moving on and going past them because, you know, they're not worth our time. Uh, Vanderbilt 
has never gone winless in the history of their football tenure. Oh, boy. But I don't think that that will be the case after this year. It's hard to find a win for Vanderbilt, but I could see it. If if they're going to win, it's going to be against Ole Miss or Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So Ole Miss is... Ole Miss is Vandy's cross-division rival. And the all-time series, Zach, do you know what the all-time series is? I have no idea. So they've played roughly 90 games, uh, roughly. So what would you say the uh, breakup is? If you, if Vandy? You 90, Vandy versus Ole Miss. I would say like 75-15. All right. So it's actually going to surprise you. The overall record is 51-39 to 39 Wow. in favor of Ole Miss. So... Um, I think that usually they're Ole Miss was bad for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably they're going to play them closer than most because it's their cross division rival, and Ole Miss is still in that rebuilding stage, but still zero and ten. Sorry, get out of my time. All right, and moving on (laughs) to Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss schedule. uh, I think uh, Zach, what do you? Who do you? How do you look at Ole Miss this year? Boy, I look at their schedule and look at their first three games. My goodness. Florida, Kentucky, Bama to start their season off. Yeah, and I think they're, they're actually the first game of the SEC is Florida versus Ole Miss. It's on September, September 26th. 26. Yep, first game of the Boy, SEC. Boy, what a start for Ole Miss. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be tough. I don't, I don't see any wins there. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. In, in the whole season? No, in the first three games. I'm looking at the first three oh. games. Florida, Kentucky, Alabama. All right. So hear, hear me out. Hear me out, okay? So the first three games, uh, here's what I have to say about Ole Miss. I believe in Coach, Coach Kiffin. I, I absolutely hate what happened with him on Rocky Top. He did that to himself. Uh, I don't pity him. He deserves all the stuff he's been through, but I think it's made him a better coach, and I think he's learned from the experience. Um. But I think this is going to be a much tougher year for Coach Kiffin than any other year would have been if he had came last year or next year. Uh, this all-SEC schedule is going to be tough. Uh, but here, It's a trial by fire. In yeah, I mean, literally he's throw, being thrown into the fire here. I, but I think, um, I, think they, I think they're going to lose week one versus Florida. But I think that they're going to catch the, the Kentucky Wildcats off guard in week two. And here, and here, why? Uh, I think they're going to upset them in a close game. I think that uh, Lane Kiffin's arguably the best college offensive-minded coach in the whole nation. Um, I mean, anywhere he's gone, he's made offenses look really well. Um, but Kentucky opens their season against Auburn in Week One, mm. and and I think that. They're going to beat Auburn in Week One, and I think that the, that Ole Miss is going to catch them in a in a victory lap, and I think that Ole Miss is going to beat Kentucky in a close game, and then they're going to come out of that and they're going to get their butts whooped to Alabama, and so it's not going to matter much. But uh, <laughs> okay, so I, can see I have them uh, uh, <clears throat> up until they're open. I have them lo- winning against Arkansas, losing to Auburn, and then winning to Vanderbilt. And so I have yeah. them going into their open open season as three and three. Um, what what about you, Zach? Yeah, I've got the same thing. Uh, Kentucky, I think, is <clears throat> maybe a more of a toss up. Uh, 
I don't know. I think I think Kentucky wins that one. I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty high on Kentucky right now. Uh, I think Kentucky wins that one. I think they start 0-3, which is a rough start. And I will say, couldn't happen to a better coach. Thanks, Lane Kiffin. Um, I think they start 0-3. I do think that they beat Arkansas and Vandy. Uh, so I really do think, and they lose to Auburn. So I think they go into their open at 2-4. and four. Which is a bummer, but I mean, it is what it is. All right, so then I have them. I'm just going to finish out this schedule here. They they've got a pretty tough closing schedule too. I mean, they're in the West, so um, they they close out. They beat. I think they're going to beat South Carolina coming out of the open date. Yeah, they're going to lose to Texas A&M. They are going to beat Mississippi State with Mike Leach's first year. Uh, first year there at Mississippi State, and then they're going to end the season losing pretty handedly to LSU. And so I have their overall record being, uh, what was it? I think five and five. I think that you had. Yes, yes, five. Yeah, five. I think I've got I've got four and six. I have the, I have the same the same back four, but I have them losing to Kentucky, so I have four and six. Yeah, and so another reason why I'm kind of not high on the Rebels, but kind of in the middle. Um, they were number two in the SEC and number nine in the nation in rushing offense last year. Um, which I didn't even know till researching a little bit more about that. I knew they were good, but I didn't know they were that good. Um, I th- and I also think that their young quarterback, Plumlee, will see much improvement. I mean, he started last year as a freshman. And so that's that's a lot of reps, in, in-game reps, that are going to help him this year improve. Not to mention the improvement that Lane Kiffin's going to bring as opposed to Matt Luke. I agree. I mean, I, I have I have read that their uh, quarterback situation is still it's still up in the air a little bit. I think they have some uh, they have some second third string guys who can maybe throw a little bit better than Plumlee, and I I've heard that they that that quarterback situation is not set in stone yet. But he is a great runner, and that gives the offense a pretty big boost. So we'll see what happens. All right, and that is your college football tailgate segment of the week. All right, everybody, it's time to get your weekly fantasy fix with your pod squad. Alright guys, next we're going to be talking about fantasy fix, we're going to be talking about some fantasy, our things that happened in fantasy football this week. Uh, yesterday, the pod squad here, we had our fantasy football draft with some of our friends, um, and I'm going to ask some of the other guys here who they thought, starting out, were like surprises, like you're surprised that person made it to you to that round. Mason, I'm going to start out with you. Well, at the time, I'm sitting there in the fifth round, and Leonard Fournette fell to me. And I believe I picked just a couple picks right in front of you. Yeah, I was, I was pretty upset. And uh, the past so, three seasons, he's he's crushed it. And re- he's receiving, rushing. He scores pretty yeah, good. Yeah, solid RB2 touchdown. numbers. Yeah. Exactly. So I, at the time, was thinking, oh, wow, this is a great pick. And then he gets cut this morning, which was a shock to me. Uh, I believe it was a shock to a lot of people. You hear news every once in a while during the offseason, oh, they're playing dealing this player but sometimes it's just yeah. i knew going into the offseason um doug's never been a big fan of Fournette. they've never really gotten along Fournette doesn't really fit the culture and, and locker room style that that doug marone has tried to bring um i don't think he fit into the offense but at the same time someone with his talent he's played for so long i mean i did not foresee him getting cut a week and a half before the season started i thought we would have at least been able to trade something for him. If not, 
use him this year and let him walk in free agency. So there's Leonard Fournette, and then second was Armstead, and then Chris Tom- Thompson. Yeah. So and it's a big a undraft- drop, and then an undrafted rookie exactly. is our third. So. Big drop off. So some of these running backs, uh, the the running backs that they have, there's maybe two running backs, or some some places even three. 49ers like to use three or four running backs at one time. So I was just thinking, oh, maybe like Fournette's going to get the the lead amount of carries yeah. during every single game. So that's why I jumped on him quick. Obviously, he'll be looking for a different team. Uh, do you have any thoughts on a team that he'll be looking at? Um, it just a fantasy wise, I think if you're going to if you drafted Leonard Fournette, obviously you're probably going to want to try to keep him and hope that he signs with the New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, maybe even he's the from, Los Angeles he's Rams. From New Orleans. The Rams don't really have a clear cut running back, so you're you're going to want to hope that he signs with one of these teams instead of going to a team that he's going to be part of a committee goal line back you don't really want to you know you probably spent a fifth sixth round draft pick on Leonard maybe even more than that so you don't want to try to trade them for like pennies you want to try to I would hold on to him him, uh, Tuesday at four o'clock so tomorrow at four o'clock you will know where he's landing and you're going to want to hope that he's landing somewhere where he can be the lead back that, that he's built to be he um, will be on a team before the season starts, you think? Because I don't oh, even think... I think so. You think so? I think I think people knew that the Jaguars were going to let him go to free agency at the end of the season, so that's why they didn't get much trade you know, talk generated from him. He is a running back. It's not a position of value in the NFL. In fantasy football, it is the most valuable position. But in the NFL, they devalued it, exactly. devaluated it a little so bit. So, before the, obviously before that, now I'm thinking it's my best pick was... Eckler, I've been a, a a big fan of him. I think he's like basically a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, try, he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey, but he gets he catches a lot of balls and he does a lot of rushing. He's a dual threat for them. So obviously, Eckler uh, fell to me at the end of the dra- uh, at the end of the first round, and I was happy to be able to grab him. Chris, who do you think was your best value pick in the fantasy draft this year? Um. See, I got Julio Jones in the second round, who I think is arguably the best the wide best receiver wide in the receiver. league. I mean, other than Michael Thomas. Uh, who you have as well. So I do have him as well. Stacked up receivers. That's it's true. Awesome. So I got uh, Julio Jones, and I didn't pick, you know, last in the, in the lineup. So he actually fell to me. So I was pretty surprised that I got him. And they're a passing team, usually. I know they got. Girly, but I think they'll still be throwing the ball. About. They got oh, Matt Ryan; they'll be throwing a lot. So, Zach, who did you feel was your best value pick? So this may be a, a little bit of a hot take. I don't know. Um, so I decided to reach a little bit in the third round, uh, reach up for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I did have the first overall pick, so I got Christian McCaffrey, and then I reached in my third round for Patrick Mahomes. And I, I know that might a lot of people might not agree with that. Lamar Jackson actually did get taken before Mahomes in our league. Uh, I just think right now in the in the way the NFL is going and the way these, especially Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes play, uh, I think it's kind of crazy to put them in traditional quarterback boxes. I think you have to almost treat them like a hybrid running back kind of situation. I mean, they're going to get you a ton of points week after week, and I think it's crazy to say, wait till the seventh round just because they're a quarterback to draft them. So 
I, I don't think it's ever a bad idea, Zach, to, you know, you did draft Christian McCaffrey. He's going to end up being the number one running back as far as points go in fantasy. It's never a bad idea to draft the player that's going to be the top of that position at the end of the year. So you you draft the number one running back. You draft probably the number one quarterback. You're probably looking at finishing pretty good in the fantasy football season if, you, if you draft like that. Yeah, and there's crazier things that happen. I'm sure there's drafts out there right now that Patrick Mahomes has went in the first round. Oh, yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, it's, it happened. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that you got him in the third and you're happy with that and you got a solid running back before that, uh, I don't think it's a hot take. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a couple things I wanted to run through as far as like other picks that happened in the draft. Uh, DJ Metcalf went in the sixth round. I thought he should have been at least a third round guy. Um, that was also it, me. Thank yep, you. that was yeah, that was a really good pick by you, Zach. Uh, Russell Wilson is facing the easiest uh, quarterback schedule this season followed by Kyler Murray at second. So Russell Wilson really got clicking with DJ Metcalf at the end of the season. Uh, look for him to have an awesome year. Uh, Mike Williams in our league, I know he's got some injury history, um, but he was drafted in the 13th round. He's a deep threat, and I think whether Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert is the starting quarterback for the Chargers, you're going to be looking for him down the field. Um, Keenan Allen is a really good receiver, catches a lot of balls in the medium uh, part of the field, but Michael Williams can stretch the field, get you big plays. So I thought he should have been at least an eighth rounder uh, right around there, but he lasted till the 13th round. So that figure that was a pretty good steal. And then Mason drafted Drew Brees in the 15th round. Um, Drew Brees is going to be top five quarterback. And he was one of the last quarterbacks taken. I actually took Gardner Minshew as my second quarterback uh, before Drew Brees was drafted. So a little bit of a stretch there on my part. And then just to kind of roll through the reaches real fast, uh, Derrick Henry, I know you got a lot of Titans fans in this draft. Uh, he was drafted third overall. I know he's projected top five, but fifth to third is kind of a reach uh, to me for a guy who doesn't re- you know catch a lot of balls. It was over Elliott, right? Yeah, Elliott was still on the board. Alvin Kamara was still on the board, which turns out to be a really smart thing because apparently he's holding out now. So that was it's fun for me because I drafted him fifth overall. Um, Lamar Jackson did go in the second round. I know I talked about it's smart to draft you know the players that are going to end up being the number one at that position, but I think second round might have been a little too high for Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know. I'll probably eat crow at the end of the year with that with that take, considering he's going to run for probably fifteen hundred yards and ten rushing touchdowns, and then throw for who knows how many. Uh, Jonathan Taylor went in the fifth round. Ricky running back, not a fan. Put my stamp on it. I hate rookie running backs. I hate rookie wide receivers. Especially uh, this year with everything going on. Yeah, not having a real training camp, no preseason. Exactly. Like, it's just been weird. Um, Tom Brady went the eighth round before a guy like Drew Brees. I think Tom Brady's not been a superior quarterback as far as fantasy the last few years. I uh, know he's in a offense with more weapons than he's probably had in a long time, but still I don't think he's going to put up superior QB1 numbers, and you could have drafted a guy like Drew Brees or Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, somebody like that. Um, so those are kind of my – those were my reaches. Um, anything stands out to you guys as far as, like, reaches or anything like that? Did you say Tom Brady win before Deshaun Jackson? Or Desha- uh, Deshaun no, Watson? well, I think normally Deshaun Watson would have stayed. Uh, I do have in here that Deshaun Watson went sixth in our league. I don't want to call it like a super reach because quarterbacks were starting to go, but okay. at the same time, like 
Gardner Minshew was drafted before Drew Brees. Gardner Minshew was drafted before Drew Brees. I did have That's that extra round reach. pick with, from a trade, but he's my backup quarterback. We'll, we'll see what happens. I always go with a quarterback. Like uh, Basically what happened, last round was a kicker, second last round was a defense, and then yeah. my la- third to last pick was a quarterback, and I was surprised to see Drew Brees. We'll see what happens because – he had an injury last year, but he still. I was looking at some of his games. Some of them he had like a fifty-point game. Some of them he had like eleven points. So we'll like he is kind of he's. I, I like him as a quarterback where I picked him, but in general, sometimes he makes me a little nervous because sometimes I'll just hand it off to Mara fifty billion times. And, well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, and then the finish up fantasy fix for the week. I'm going to give you guys five players that I'm looking at that maybe weren't drafted in your leagues. Um, you want to go get these guys if you got a spot at the end of your bench. These guys might not produce at the very beginning of the season, but I think down the line they're going to be valuable players for bye weeks and could be eventual starters for you on the on the regular. Uh, I'm going to start it out. UT Vol, Juwan Jennings. Uh, he might be the number one receiver going into the 49ers season with uh, all their injuries that they've had. Uh, he's really impressed during training camp. And so I think he's somebody, if he wasn't drafted in your draft, go find him, put him on your bench, and kind of just hold on to him, see what happens. Uh, next, I've got Lamar Miller, who's kind of dealing with an injury right now. So if you're a league that has an IR spot, go throw him on there. Uh, I think he's going to compete with Sony Michelle for starting touches. If they don't make a move, like go get Leonard Fournette or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think Lamar Miller's been great out of the backfield catching, and so he's really going to be somebody who you want to keep an eye on. Uh, next, I've got Vaughn Jefferson, rookie wide receiver out of Florida, who plays for the Rams. I'm calling you out, Tinge. You just said you didn't like I rookies. know, I know. I, and I have two rookie wide receivers Ooh. on this list. That's crazy. I mean, you did say don't start, like, hold on to them. So I think a lot of these rookies, the, some of them will have, like, breakout seasons. And I think with Jennings, it's just a who else is there kind of exactly. thing. They're signing everybody. They signed yeah. Kevin White earlier this week, who's the first They're desperate right from now. the Bears. I mean, if you're signing Kevin White and expecting him to produce for you, you're, you're in a bad situation. Uh, but Vaughn Jefferson has impressed at the Rams. Uh, training camp um i think he's somebody who they're going to want to put on the field and i don't trust all their other wide receivers you know woods cooper cup they're not exactly like wide receiver ones they're uh, not consistent i mean they're wide receiver ones sometimes they each had over a thousand yards last year I mean, you'll you can look back at the points. Some there's some games where they're not even there. But like, they're not like, even in the stats. They had over a thousand yards. That is true. I, I like Cooper you Cup say that probably about, more than Woods. I don't you like say that Robert about Woods. a lot of players as far as consistency. No, that's a good point. Oh yeah, for I, sure. Especially the wide receiver all, position. About, I, this is a late flyer, so maybe he does like come out of the middle of nowhere and he's like. I think after a few games, he'll he'll kind targets. of start taking some reps from Robert Woods. No, calling him out, Chris. You can, I'm Robert just saying Woods, that because I have Robert Woods and oh. Cooper Cup. Okay? You have both of them. Have, oh. oh, so back off, Tim. Chris is really invested in the Rams' offense this season. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Pretty sure I have Tyler Higby too. Hey, there you go. Oh wow, that's uh, you really like Jared Goff, huh? No, not really, but they were there. They were there. Um, next, I've got Alex Smith. He's a guy that I think is going to take that Washington football team club's um, starting quarterback position from Haskins. He's very consistent. 
and I think he's going to have a really good season coming back from that scary injury. Um, they have some weapons with the scary Terry and you know guys like that. Like they, they they have some offensive firepower, and I think Alex Smith will have a a nice season. So he's somebody you want to you want to grab and put on your bench and maybe be your backup quarterback. Um, and then there here at the end, the first and only Jaguar player I have to talk about is Tyler Eifert. Jay Gruden loves to throw to the tight end position. Uh, he had great seasons when Jay Gruden was his offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. Uh, we don't really have any other options at tight end, so it might be a nice, you know, stream pickup while you have some bye weeks. So, other than that, that's everything we have for your fantasy fix for the week. What if I told you you could bet on a budget? Well, now you came with us with betting on a budget. All right, guys, welcome to the very first segment of betting on a budget with Mason. Uh, I'm going to give you basically a really quick uh, bet that you should take. Uh, For this case, it's going to be tomorrow. And I want to go ahead and give a heads up that this is for entertainment purposes only. So if you lose, if you go and put $10,000 on this, do not DM Mason saying that you just cost him your whole life savings. It's not his fault that you're dumb enough to listen to him. That is correct, Tens. Thank you for that. So It is his fault. Please spam his <laughs> DMs with angry tweets. Millions of tweets coming in. So I do have a hot take. Uh, well, this one, I don't, I'm not sure about this one for the betting on budget. Some people may be against me because it is about... The Celtics versus the Raptors. That's going to be tomorrow night uh, on uh, September 1st, and I believe the game is at 4.30. So I'm going to go ahead and give my betting on a budget real quick. Uh, What we're going to do is set a 60-second timer, put 60 seconds on the clock. I'm going to give you who I got in this game, Celtics versus the Raptors. Three, two, one. All right, I got the Celtics uh, plus one and a half. They are a underdog by a point and a half. I'm taking the Celtics uh, here in game two, and here are my reasons why. Celtics are coming off a big 18-point win over the Raptors. In game one, the Celtics uh, out-rebounded the Raptors by grabbing 10 more boards uh, than the Raptors, and the Celtics shot 43.6% from three-point range compared to Raptors' 25% uh, from three. I think they continue that trend with Tatum, Walker, and Brown leading the way. Uh, So let's put it in the books. What do you guys think about that? They are they're blowing the Raptors exactly. out. Exactly. That's what that shocked me. And I think it's I just I might put ten thousand dollars on that. I think it's because the Raptors are a one number seed and the Celtics are number two seed. But there's no home field home court advantage, so I'm I'm just like in shock that that is an actual thing right now. Celtics plus one and a half. Write it down. Tomorrow afternoon. What do you think about that, Zach? I feel like you should put your life savings on that one. All right. Put it all. I'm I'm all in. (laughs) Take out a second mortgage. Take my money. (laughs) Take my money. If not, I'm DMing Mason Trentle. Mason Trentle on all major social media outlets. He will field all of your concerns, questions, and hate mail. All right, and that concludes this segment of Betting on a Budget. What's up, guys? This is our very first segment of Hot Take. How it's going to work is 
I'm going to give an actual hot take while I'm eating this jalapeno pepper. Not just one, not just two, not just three, maybe four. We'll see how it goes. But my mouth is going to be on fire. I'm going to be dying, but I'm going to be giving a hot take at the same time. What's everybody's thoughts on how I'm going to do on this very first hot take? Terrible. Terrible. You're going to eat one and maybe start and you, crying. You, you didn't say, hey, I may, I'm just going to eat until I finish. You said, I'm going to eat one. Not one, not two. We'll see not how three, we'll see how it goes. Four. No, it's already on video. Who, yeah. who who said the uh uh not oh LeBron James during when he got introduced to the Heat? Not one, not two, not three, and it didn't work out either. So here here we go. Very first hot take. Here we go. Oh no, this is a bad this is a bad decision. Also, for no one that knows. I'm a baby when it comes to hot Mason food. Mason doesn't eat anything hot. Oh, no. This is not good. Zach, I can't hear you. What you thinking right now? I think if the take turns out to be really bad, then he should have to eat more at the end of the season. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start. Whew. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and <coughs> start my hot take. And we're going to start. <coughs> we're going to start with it. I smell it. It's so bad, man. We're going to start with the NFC West. That was a big bite, too. <laughs> so many seeds. Power through. We're going to start with the NFC West. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, NFC North. He can't even think. He's going to have to eat all those peppers. And the Cardinals are going to win the NFC North this year. Hot take alert. That's my hot take, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I'm... T- they play in the <laughs> NFC. It is the NFC West. <laughs> it's the NFC West. I'm dying over here. NFC they West. can't win the North. <laughs> they don't play it. They're good. Okay, Cardinals gonna win the NFC West, and I'll tell you why. That. It's so bad, man. There's so many seeds. Look at that. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why. They're gonna come. They're gonna win over the first place winner last year, San Francisco 49ers, that were also in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go ahead and finish this one. It's a tough division. But I also think that they got a powerhouse offense <clears throat> because of the sign, uh, the, who they signed over the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins. They traded for that guy. Eat another one. Jenga. Oh my, look at the. <laughs> oh. The seeds in that one. This is bad. Power through. They, tra- <coughs> 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 they traded for him, excuse me. Uh, Murray's coming off a rookie year season. He's going to even have a better one because of DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. <laughs> it is over. He is going to win over, <laughs> over the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> it's like you're crying. <laughs> Sounds like you're crying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Flip it. it oh. Don't do it. And the Rams. <laughs> <coughs> they have DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> Christian Kirk, and the great Blair Fitzgerald. <laughs> this is so bad. That is my hot take. Put in the books. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. 
But they're going to win the division. Kyle Murray. Running across the field. I can't even remember who the running back is. Who's the running back? Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. He killed it at the end of that last season. Can you see that? I'm crying right now. It's only number two. I'm sorry. Just tell me LeBron won with the Heat. All right. Is that good? Is that your take? You heard it here first. <laughs> Very first hot take. Literally. <coughs> Mason Trinnell signing off. <laughs> good work. Uh, I'm about to throw up. No. Oh, no. Uh, oh, <laughs> What does Zach say? Anything good? No. <laughs> All right, and that is our show for this for today. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode of Pod Squad. Uh, be looking out next week, next Tuesday, for our second episode. Uh, if you want to, make sure to follow us on all social medias. We have we're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Tennessee TN Pod Squad. Just TN Pod Squad on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. That video of Mason uh, will be showing up on social media soon. Be looking out for that. Uh, but for now, this is the Pod Squad signing off.